Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio, where you can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefald. Hello, sir. Hey, hey, hey. It's Christmas Day. It's the, if for some of the folks listening, this is Christmas Day. Yeah. We're pre-recording this program, so we don't want to have to work holidays. Now, the odd thing is, it, we, this has always been an odd thing, that we pre-record the program for our affiliates yeah. in Eastern North Carolina. So it may not be Christmas Day for them. No, it might be New Year's Day. But you know what? What's that? It's still the holiday. Yeah. We're and we, we, I carry my holiday cheer for a long time. Yeah. Uh, one year, I carried my Christmas tree <laughs> to July. No. I was just too lazy to put it up. And then oh. I kept looking at it, and it gave me really good memories. Of course, when the dog pulled it down. Wow. And all the uh, ornaments broke. Then yeah. I decided it was time to put it up. But, were the, you know, were the Christmas needles, every day. Were the needles coming off? No, nah, it was plastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was plastic. Okay. Well, yeah. pretty cool. You know, but Christmas is such a wonderful time. Yeah. I think that, you know, it can be really hard on some people, though. I mean, we talk about health issues. Depression and anxiety are really high now. Right. For a lot of people, especially those who aren't going to see their families. So if you are feeling sad and if you are feeling blue this holiday season, remember one thing. God loves you and we love you. And reach out because there there is help. There are always things you can do. And if you are not experiencing Christmas cheer, just think back to those days when you had a great Christmas and bring that memory back. Also on the show, we're going to talk about Omicron. We have to. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about, you don't know about this. This is the White House Twitter feed. Yeah. Had something up just the the other day. It was yesterday, um, which was ridiculous to me. And you, you disagree with me if you, if if you, you care to. If you to. think it's ridiculous, then more than likely I'm going to think it's right. ridiculous. Somebody wants to put microchips in us. Now, last week we talked about microchips in our brain. Yeah. Elon Musk wanted to do yeah, that. I, as this much as different. I love, I love Elon Musk. I mean, what a great American, great human being. He was yeah. born in South Africa, but he's American. Uh-huh. But that's, I'm sorry, I, I don't. He may know something I don't know. Yeah, but I can tell you what I know, yeah. and I'm never having a chip put in my brain. He uh, he knows a lot that I don't know because yeah, I, our relative intelligences. On the other hand, this does not have to do with that. This is talking about memory chips, yeah. like you chip your dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Super immunity because of Omicron. Yeah. And also on today's show, we're going to feature some some unusual things, some uh, kind of trips down memory lane. I'm going yeah. to give the doctor an opportunity <laughs> to correct himself or well, amend. To, to be embarrassed when uh, yeah. I was wrong. I've always said this, the, the big beef I have with Dr. Fauci yeah. is that he's wrong a lot. But have you ever heard him say, yeah, I was wrong? Yeah. Uh, and this is why it was wrong? No. Yeah. But you're going to hear me say, ooh, was I wrong about that? Yeah. Omicron right now yeah. is 
apparently taking over from Delta. Right. In a lot of ways. It, it is the boogeyman now. Yeah. What do we know? All right. What we know about Omicron is that it is highly contagious. So if you look at the ability of the virus to spread, it is much more able to spread than, say, Alpha, which was our original one, and Delta, which is the one that caused us a lot of trouble recently. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's more dangerous. And in fact, Omicron came from South Africa. We know that. And we think it, it was initiated in a series of HIV patients, or perhaps even one HIV patient, who was sick with HIV, not dying of HIV, but not responding well to the HIV medications. Therefore, the COVID virus was not cleared from that individual or that group of individuals, and it mutated spontaneously. There are 38 amino acid mutations. What does that mean? The spike protein is composed of a bunch of amino acids that congeal together. They're linked and form this spike. And Mm. that's what attaches to our angiotensin receptor in our nose and in our pharynx and lungs. It is so mutated that it can easily transmit. So it can go into your nose. It can latch onto that receptor. But here's the thing. It appears to be milder in terms of illness. Now, what they're not telling you, because I think the concept is that they want you to be so scared that you're going to get the vaccine, you're going to get your booster, you're going to mask up, and you're going to socially distance to reduce the spread. Now, I'm not so sure that's going to reduce the spread. All right, you said... They want you so scared. Yeah, Biden and his crew. I'm going to say that right now. That that you're going to go ahead and get the vaccine. Right. They want to scare us into a, a type of behavior that they um, want to see. Now, I agree. Um, and we'll talk about this till the, the sun goes down. And even after the sun goes down, I yeah. believe in the vaccines. I believe in the booster. Um, But I also believe that with what has been said and what has been spread from when Biden and Harris first said that they were not going to get a vaccine that Trump developed. I mean, that was the first vaccine resistance. Right. Until all this stuff came out on the Internet about, you know, DMX, the rapper dying after he got the vaccine, although that was a heart attack. Um, People are scared and people don't know who to understand and believe partly because the powers that be, especially Dr. Fauci, has been wrong so many times yeah. and has not admitted that he was going that he was wrong. He's lied about um, masks. Uh, bald face lied about masks. But I think with the Omicron coming, we're going to see a lot of cases. Cases don't necessarily mean deaths or hospitalizations. And I think when you look at South Africa, and I, I would urge everybody to get online and Google, Omicron in South Africa. Yeah. A huge spike in cases, and that was Omicron. Yeah. But the deaths and hospitalizations did not spike. They rose a little. And the most amazing thing that I just saw today is that the number of cases in South Africa of Omicron are dropping already. Right. Now, they're not quite sure why, but I'm not going to look a gift Omicron in the mouth. Um, (laughs) What we have to do is just calm down and understand 
that we've got a new variant coming that is more transmissible, but in South Africa has been less deadly and resulted in, in not a rise in hospitalizations and not a rise in deaths, which is good. One death is too many. Don't get me wrong. I am not saying that because it's fewer deaths, it's okay. It's not okay. But we shouldn't panic. And that's the thing I'm trying to tell everybody is that we can deal with this. Uh, you should get your vaccines. Uh, they are safe. 0.005% chance of a bad outcome from the vaccine. Yes, I just saw a story where someone got Moderna and it was a young person and he died of myocarditis. Okay, it's bad. That one death is bad. Right. But when you consider um, the benefits, uh, the risk-benefit analysis is that the risk of the vaccine is much, much lower than the potential benefit, not just to you, Right. But to other older folks um, and people who are susceptible, diabetics and hypertensive and obe- hypertensive is an obese, obese patient. Yeah. It's a good thing to get and you're not going to get hurt from it. Much more likely to get struck by lightning and killed than to be hurt by the vaccine and much more likely to win the lottery than to be hurt by the vaccine. Yeah. It, you won the other day, I hear, right? The lottery? No. The scratch-off? You won I a dollar do. on a $10 scratch-off? I never do. <laughs> I never. All right. Here is something from the White House uh, Twitter account. Yeah. Now, it's not as if the president himself is operating the Twitter account. Uh, Dr. Trump did. Uh, Trump did his own Twittering. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is from the White House Gov. Twitter account. We are intent on not letting Omicron disrupt work and school for the vaccinated. You've done the right thing, and we will get through this. I'm quoting here. For the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. Yeah, I I think that's a terrible thing to say. Uh, terrible for many other reasons. For many reasons. Number one, I think that natural immunity is is good. Yeah. I think that there's a lot to be said that natural immunity can be a very powerful way of preventing uh, a reoccurrence. Now, yes, there are reoccurrences among people who've had COVID before, but there are also breakthrough cases in the people who've been vaccinated. Right. And uh, to try and shame the people who are unvaccinated, I think, is a terrible thing. Because like I said, there's so much that has been said negatively about the vaccines that people don't know where to turn. Right. And there's a lot of family pressure. There's political pressure. I mean, I don't know if you heard uh, President Trump was booed by some of the people in the audience uh, from his, uh, what was it, history tour with, uh, who's that guy? Uh, Used to be on uh, Fox News. Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm blanking on his name. He's a very- oh, O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 no, O'Reilly. No, the, the, no yeah. the auto parts store wants you yeah. to know. But anyway, it's a different he, place. He said he got President <laughs> Trump said he got the booster, and they booed him. At least some people. Well, that's yeah, too bad. But no, it's because what I'm trying to say is there's there are political aspects on both direction, right? And both sides of the issue, and. It shouldn't be. This shouldn't be about politics. It should be about, I mean, convincing people that it's the right thing to do. So, for example, how would I have Twittered? I would have said Omicron is coming. Yeah. It's contagious, uh, but it appears to be milder. We don't know yet what's going to happen in the United States. Boy, it's hard to say we don't know. 
Sure. Right? So we don't know yet whether it's going to cause an increase in, in hospitalizations and death. It has not done so in South Africa. If you are vaccinated, I think that's great. Right. You should still be cautious. If you are unvaccinated, I think you should really consider getting vaccinated. It, it, it is a good thing. Um, and I think that we can help reduce the number of severe cases because Delta is still around. I yeah. mean, I think Omicron is going to take over. There are some scientists who I think believe that Omicron, as a, a mutant that's going to spread, yeah. is sure as heck better than Delta spreading. And there are some scientists who believe, and I think there's rationale behind this, that Omicron may be our solution to getting out of the pandemic. All right. That sounds that sounds I, nuts. It's not nuts. Explain it to me. Okay. So if you have a rapidly spreading virus yeah. that is mild, yeah. if enough people get it and have only mild illnesses, then we can approach something we haven't approached yet, which is herd immunity. Right. Now, we'll never have herd immunity uh, against the novel um, variants that are to come, but we will be able to get to the point what, which we've seen now with triple vaccinated people who've gotten Delta, yeah. that they're super immune. So what, they, what does that mean? They've taken the um, antibodies from people who've been triple vaccinated, who then got Delta and had a mild form of the illness, and now their antibodies will crush Omicron. And so the concept is if everybody's been vaccinated and a huge number of, well, not everybody, a huge number of vaccinated, sure. a huge number have gotten COVID, then we reach a point where <clears throat> it's going to be the common cold. Now, I'm not sure that that's true, but I think the concept behind it makes a lot of sense scientifically. So I have a doctor friend who was triple vaccinated asymptomatic, right. exposed, right. tested positive. Yeah. In two days, he tested negative. It, taking what? I mean, what? Nothing. Really? Yeah. And so that's the whole point, is that if enough of us are vaccinated, if enough of us be, get to the point of superimmunity, then when you get exposed, if you have um, the virus that initiates a growth inside of you, your immune system crushes it. Okay. Just crushes it. So I, I don't know. Maybe Omicron, I always pronounce yeah, everybody it. Everybody does. Omicron, yeah. in some points of view from yeah. certain scientists, may be the end of the pandemic. And I, I don't know. Yeah. But the science behind it and the thoughts behind it makes some sense to me. Okay. You're listening to Heart Health Radio, the year-end edition. Uh-oh. Uh, no telephone numbers. Don't call today. We're going to be back on uh, in a week or two with a live radio broadcast of Heart Health Radio, where you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. You can listen to Heart Health Radio on the Apple Podcasts or at HeartHealthRadio.com. 
Com. I, th- I thought that was the Twilight Zone. That's <laughs> 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 Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I love it. Yeah. You're listening to Heart Health Radio. Dr. Franklin Weefall this year. Talk about your uh, your ailments or your uh, difficulties. And also talk about what's going on, which is the, the, the Omicron and, and Delta and super immunity. I'm looking for that. Uh, I would like to be super immune. I think that we just have to focus on the science. And, that, of course, that's what Biden's been saying, but they really haven't been focusing on the science. A lot of them have been focusing on the politics behind yeah. it. And the science says that this Omicron is more contagious. But if you look at what's happening in South Africa where it developed, yeah, it's not so bad. It's not as bad as what they say it could be. So does that mean it's not going to be as bad here? I hope. I can't tell you that for sure. But Omicron is already falling in terms of number of cases in South Africa, and the number of deaths and the number of hospitalizations has not spiked. All right. We're going to go back in time. Yeah. This is not to shame you. Yeah. This is to to make the point that everybody can get it wrong, even people from Princeton. Uh, you know what? I've gotten it wrong. And the thing that I will tell you, and I want to li- people to listen to this. Yeah. And I'll explain to you why I was wrong. And ha- that has to do with science. All right. This is from 2020. This is from February of 2020. So we remember, were- we, yeah. have, we didn't have any cases then. That's right. And New York hadn't exploded. Right. And there's one other factor that we'll talk about after the, the clip. All right, here he here he is, Doctor Weefald and and myself talking about uh, this this the flu season and also this new thing called COVID. I mean, it's like, oh no, he's going to talk about the flu and the coronavirus again. All right, but I, you know, don't be afraid of the coronavirus out there. I mean, everybody's all hyped about this. Yeah, there are, are fake news stories out about it. We're going to talk about one of them. You're much more likely to die of the flu. Okay. And the influenza, you know, influenza epidemic, and mm-hmm. it is an epidemic, has hit North Carolina by itself very hard. Dave, what do you know on the numbers? You're a numbers guy. Okay, 10 people have died just this week in North Carolina. Now, the, the, the comparison is that in the entire world, 259 people have died of the coronavirus. But and what in, about the U.S. flu? Uh, the let US me just tell you, I miss those days. I miss that. When I heard this today, just randomly finding old shows mm-hmm. and, and turning them on, I felt so bad. Yeah. And, and, you know, we were wrong. But we weren't the only ones who were wrong. Um, remind everybody that Dr. Fauci and actually this after us. In fe- late February, yeah, uh, said that it wasn't going to be a problem in the United States. Now, why did we think that? We had a hubris about our ability to crush the virus by isolating people and testing people and knowing or thinking that we knew if we could isolate people and prevent spread, then it wouldn't be a problem. Now, testing... Yeah. was a catastrophe for the United States. And the reason is that the CDC insisted on creating all the tests. Instead of branching out to 
people and companies that routinely did diagnostic tests and developed diagnostic tests. So the CDC made the, their own tests, and they were the only tests available. They had 100,000 tests, 200,000 tests ready yeah. to go. Yeah. They didn't work. They were contaminated with coronavirus. And so they were testing people, and every test was positive. Wow. So they had to throw them all away. So remember to those dark days in March. Right. The first wave in New York City. We didn't have the capacity to test people who'd been exposed. We didn't have the capacity to know who was infectious and who wasn't. Right. But we also didn't have the capacity to know just how bad this was in terms of person-to-person transmission. And the reason we were told initially that it wasn't a person-to-person transmission by the Chinese government, right? which turned out to be false. So here we are, almost two years later, egg on our face, or at least egg on my face. Mm -hmm. But once we knew what was going on with that first wave in New York, we all got serious about it. And it's, it's just amazing to think back in January and February of 2020, before all this happened. You know, I, I saw a uh, thing on YouTube, which was yeah. colorized pictures of New York City yeah. in the 1900s. Yeah. And I'm seeing all these people walking around, and it's no longer, you know, the, the funny walk, you know, how they, yeah. the old um, uh, movies that play now. Because yeah. they, they put this through a computer and they adjusted it so people are walking normally. It's fascinating, and they yeah. colorize it. My first response is, they're not wearing masks. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. every time I look now, yeah. what a what a world this has become. I know. You know, it's sad. I know. But we were wrong in February. Whew, were we wrong? That, that was February of 2020. Yes, February of yes. 2020. We were wrong. Okay, coming up on the show, Fox News host advises viewers against getting boosters. Mm. Oh, yeah. And Dr. Fauci says we'll never be rid of COVID. And then he followed it up with this expression. The new end game is control. No, he doesn't mean, he didn't mean that, does he? Yeah, well, I think he I, does. I remember on, uh, what was it, Get Smart? Yeah. Control was, was Get Smart's <laughs> boss. And then what right. was it, Chaos right. was the, uh, was the uh, enemy. All right. But I mean, my gosh. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio. Where the treetops glisten and children... A lot of people think we're not going to get any more white Christmases. Well, you know, if you think about it, they predicted that there would be no white Christmas at the North Pole (laughs) in the year 2000. That was uh, uh, Al Gore. And it's cold up there. I mean, it is really cool. Yeah, yeah, there's I, still ice up I there. I talked to there. Santa Claus yeah. the other day. You and, did? Good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, and he said, uh, it, it's cold down here, up here, <laughs> Frank. It's cold. So, who the, knows? The uh, 
Fox News host who advised viewers against boosters. Who is that? Greg Gutfield. Who? He's more of a comedy host. He's got a late night show. And he oh, wor- oh Gutfeld. Gutfeld, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's number one now among late night hosts. Um, he says, call me a quack, I don't care. Well, there you go. Yeah, he um, doesn't care. He's not, he's not a doctor. What was his reasoning? Uh, he says, let's see here. Um, if you urge a booster for Omicron, does that mean you are actually going to end up Preventing a more effective kind of vaccination. I get what Nature's you vaccination. I, so this is what we talked about at the beginning of this show. Omicron, the, the concept is Omicron is mild. Right. It has a bunch of mutations that will induce an antibody response. Sure. So his claim is don't get the booster, get Omicron. Okay? Okay. And, and what I would say is get the booster and yeah. And you'll Omicron. end up getting it anyway. Um, this guy, this friend of mine, triple vaccinated, got exposed, yeah. tested positive, killed and was tested negative in two days. Right. I think that's the way to go. Um, nobody wants to get it. But if you are triple vaccinated, right. you can fight these things off. So I think that he is being a bit of a quack. Um, I don't think that you should skip the booster. Um, right. I think you should get the booster. And then if you take your precautions and you still get it, then nine, I mean, I can't give you a percent, an exact percent, but it's way greater than 90% chance you're going to have an extremely mild or moderately mild case, Right. get over it quickly, and then your antibodies will be super immune. You'll be able to, in at least in the test tube, crush Omicron. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, this may be a way out. But I wouldn't go out on the ledge like Gutfield's doing. I think he's wrong. I there's, would definitely get the booster. There's an article that says the people, this we've seen this before, are being turned away at the ER or mm. they're being, I don't know, shifted somewhere else. They're not being treated. I'm not sure I believe that. Um, I'm not sure how much the politics of this and also trying to scare people into getting the vaccine yeah. and uh, wearing their masks. I know. I used to work ERs, okay, yeah. um, th- to, to pay my bills. This is back in the day when you were a cardiology fellow. You could moonlight in an emergency room. Now everybody's got to be board certified in emergency medicine. But let me tell you, I learned a lot of medicine on the fly. And I can remember being overwhelmed. I can remember, the, you know, overflow with beds in the hallways. And I can remember being very, very um, stressed from this. But I don't think anybody got less care. We just had to go from bed in the hallway to bed in the hallway. Yeah. And I think right now one of the biggest problems in emergency rooms is they don't have staff. So many nurses have quit. Yeah. So many people have left um, because of the stress of the situation. I don't think so much about vaccine requirements. But I think that people who are in emergency rooms who are stressed are perhaps um, telling their situation in a way that makes people scared to go to an emergency room. And I think that's a bad thing because we've put off so much care. Um, and we, I see people who've had heart attacks yeah. in four months ago and they just toughed it out and they finally come to see me and their hearts are failing Go to the emergency room if you need to go. Yeah. Um, right now in North Carolina, 
we're not overwhelmed. Right. We're just not. Um, I saw the statistics. Um, Wake Med and Rex and Duke, yes, their ICUs are up to 80, 85% capacity. But the number of COVID patients is not that great. It's less than 10% of the ICU capacity in most cases. There are still 50 to 60 empty beds in, yeah. in Wake and in a hundred empty beds in some other hospitals, and that's statistics from yesterday. So don't hesitate. If you are sick, if you are having chest discomfort, if you're having potentially a heart attack and you're not sure, yeah. go to the hospital. Just go. I have to tell you that yeah. I had a family member who needed to be hospitalized, yeah. and number one, we went to the emergency room. And I called ahead, you know, yeah. because it was a respiratory thing. And, yeah. I, and I'm still going back to what you told me about your office. If somebody had a res- respiratory problem, you'd need a COVID test first. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the case at the ER, at the oh, wow. ED. Okay. Still not gotten over the facts that, that they call it the ED. Anyway, the uh, I went in there. I know you're laughing at me, but the point is... I mean that that's an emergency too, but but the point is, it wasn't busy at the emergency department. Yeah. It wasn't at all. Yeah, I w- it was the middle of the day. Yeah. I I, I kind of expected a long wait. There wasn't, and they got in, and then she went to the ER, and I was a little busy up there, but I can't say that it was anybody was stressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it, how did it turn were, out? Okay. Oh yeah, she's good. Good. She's very what good. I what I do in my office is that I've got a ton of rapid tests, and I've yeah. become a big fan of this. The rapid test measures whether the virus is sitting in your nose. It's called the antigen test. Yeah, PCR tells you whether there's uh, genetic material in your nose. Right. PCR can be is is the gold standard. It tells us. I used to think there were a lot of false negatives. Uh, of the antigen tests. And you know why there were? Hmm. People are afraid to jam that thing up the nose. Really? You got to go all the way in. Oh, my God. You got to twist it all about. Yes, you do. And, you know, you do the hokey pokey, and then you do the antigen test. Well, it's and I funny. found it to be extremely accurate. You did that on me. Yeah. And I swear you were scratching my spine. Yeah, absolutely. But it, absolutely. we had to check. We had to check. So what I do, I had somebody just the other day uh, tell me they were coughing, and they were bringing up green mucus. Oh, my in the um, parking lot, I went out and did the nose thing and turned yeah. it all about. They were negative for the rapid antigen test. I brought them in, treated them for bronchitis, bacterial bronchitis. I, I ran my own little emergency room. I love doing this. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, why send them to the ER when I can give them the antibiotics, I can give them the nebulization treatments, I can give them the steroids, Yeah, and I can get a chest X-ray right away. Yeah, uh, not my office, but I can call over to the X-ray department and get it, and they bring it back over. So, you know, you we can do this. Um, the rapid test, I think, is a great way to screen. I don't anybody who's positive. I don't bring them in my office because I think that's a danger to the other patients. I mean, they have forty patients a day. Sure, so I will send them to the emergency room where they have a dedicated area where they can, you know, control. Uh, possible spread of the virus. Yeah. So, you know, don't hesitate if you're sick. Go to the hospital. You're, it's much more dangerous to have a heart attack at home than to go to the emergency room, and and your and the exposure risk is very small. We haven't. Have you heard of an outbreak from an emergency room? 
No. I have not. No. Have you heard of an outbreak coming from a doctor's office? No. I have not. That's Let me a good tell you thing, something. too. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If there had been, yeah. you would have heard about it. Yeah, So we right. have a very, very um, careful situation. Everybody masks up when they come in. Right. Everybody washes their hands before they come in. In between patients, we use a hypochlorous, not not bleach, but it's a derivative of bleach, hypochlorous acid. Right. And we spray everything down. We have not had a transmission of COVID within our office, and it's safe. And you know, I'm seeing 30 to 40 people a day, and these are people who need medical care, atrial fibrillation, aortic stenosis, congestive heart failure. And if they put it off, they wind up getting very sick. Every show you do a shout-out. Yeah. And all the shout-outs are special because they're individual. Hey, you know, Barbara, you know, you're in my office and you're very brave, right. et, cetera, et cetera, Some of them are people you never met. Right. And, it, and it's kind of cool. And here's one from, I don't know, I, I might have picked this from a show a year and a half it's, ago. It was a while ago. It was a while. There was an article that I just glanced at that moved me. And I've always said that health is not about taking chemicals or, you know, eating elderberry, mm-hmm. although that's a part of it. Our health depends upon our happiness. And there's not enough love in this world. There's not enough spontaneous gestures of love. You walk down the street in New York City, people avert your eyes. I mean, at least in North Carolina, people will say hello. Yeah. Well, Dan Peterson, he was down and out, alone, old, no family around. Uh, his wife had died. And he was shuffling along in one of his darkest days when he went grocery shopping. And a, a, a little girl, out of the blue, with her little, you know, um, teddy bear, walked up to him and said, hello, old person. <laughs> and then she said, can I have a hug? Wow. Not, can I hug you? Yeah. But can I have a hug? And what happened? They became friends. The family took this man in. They would visit all the time. And he died. And what happened was, over the years, thousands of letters about this relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're sitting around, wringing your hands, or putting on, every five minutes, some coronavirus antiseptic, stop. Mm. Think of someone you love, or even somebody you don't know. Right. Show some love. Pay it forward to when somebody shows you something. Because if we're going to be healthy, we got to be happy. He was in his darkest days, and he was ready to give up. And he lived for four more years. Yeah. And and the the thing that's so sad nowadays Mm -hmm. is that he would almost be looked on by some people in the grocery store as some kind of predator, maybe. Yeah. But we, we have to get over this. We have to show love, compassion, in order to be healthy. That was cool. That just actually brought a tear to my eye. It Was that cool? Yeah. And I've talked about love, the power of love on the show a lot. And I can see it in my office every day. I had a lady today. Uh, I won't mention her name because she didn't give me permission. 102 years old. Wow. And she had a, a non-healing wound of her right foot, which is a bad thing. But the nice thing is, she said, I'm going to come see Dr. Weefall today. I take care of her for, uh, she's had several heart attacks. She has congestive heart failure. But, you know, she's 102 and doing really well. Sure. And 
we had the best time. <laughs> um, and it sounds crazy, but here it is Christmas, and she's 102, and she's going to have to be, um, you know, quarantining a little bit. She's not positive for COVID. She's been boosted. But, you know, her family's going to be, you know, real careful. Yeah. So she's not going to see her great-grandchildren. She has a great-great-grandchild. Um, and so we sort of had a little party in the office. Yeah. Um, brought her some cake. And the, the guys and gals and uh, – wait, am I allowed to say that? The women and men yeah. came in and, and sang her some Christmas carols. And I dressed her wound and debrided it a little bit. Good for you. And, yeah. you know, love – there, there's no better medicine. They say laughter is the best medicine. Yeah. I think it's probably the second best medicine. The first best medicine is genuine um, emotion yeah. and shared love. That's going to really go a long way this Christmas and for the rest of the year. This is Heart Health Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. It's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow T- tell have me. a cup of cheer Did, did we already have play this song? I don't think we did <laughs> This is a great song We should play it every minute of every day For goofy, lives The goofiest thing about Christmas music First of all It is the only holiday Where the entire soundtrack Is Music from people who are gone. There's so many people. Yeah. We listen to Burl Ives yeah. and, and a, a bunch of other people. G- I guess you're right. There aren't that many new Christmas songs. There really. are, but they're lousy. Oh, really? Yeah, they're just not good. And they're like screaming and yelling, Have a Merry Christmas! I used, to, I used to do Christmas music on country music stations. And what happens is they'll switch three days early. And they'll go all Christmas. Yeah. And let me just tell you, you don't even know whether you've played the same one so- twice. <laughs> you have no and idea. When you did country music, yeah. did you have an accent? No, 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 no. no. It well, was a, could, come on now. No, how no, can you it was be a, a country north, music no. DJ without an accent? It's a nor- It was Northeast. Um, it was the Northeast's oldest country station. It was in uh, Baldwinsville, New York. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, this is Heart Health Radio. You can get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation. There is a story out. I'm going to hand it to you. A mass of human brain cells in a Petri dish has been taught to play Pong. Oh, wow. In other words, in other words, they figured out a way. I saw this in a movie once. It doesn't oh, end well. They have taught the stuff, the goo. The brain goo. This is scary. To what? To play Pong. I don't know. Remember the video this. game? Yeah. I, mean, I was not, lousy at it. It's not a hard game. So this you know. means that a massive protoplasm in a Petri dish derived yeah. from human brain cells could do this. I don't know. I, You know what? I have to see this to believe it. Yeah. Well, there's they also- said They said the system could learn how to play the game yeah. in five minutes. Yeah. 
tough I part. I got to see this. To tough believe. part was getting the brain cells to put quarters into the machine. Uh, really. Yeah. And, you know, they probably found a way, <laughs> the brain cells found a way to bypass <laughs> the money issue, you know. All right. So earlier, gosh, I don't know whether it was this year, last year, we've been doing the show for a, a couple now. We had a guy on talking about AFib. And it was one of the first times I had heard about AFib. Yeah. I think his name is David. David in Apex, thank you for hanging on. How you doing? What's going on? Oh, well, uh, this is the first time I've called the show, but I've listened to it quite a bit. Thank um, you. I wanted to know, uh, I want to talk about something else. Uh, Great. I have uh, AFib. Great. And um, I'm wondering what you think about the Watchman. The Watchman. Oh, talking about the watch. Know, and David, I, I'm hearing impaired, so that's why. The Watchman is great. Now, let me tell you what that is. The clots form in that little thing called the atrial appendage, which sits on top of the left atrium. Now, what is that? That is the place where blood comes in from the lungs. If you're an AFib, it's not contracting, so it's sort of just quivering. And whenever blood pools... It forms clots. Mm-hmm. So people who can't take a blood thinner, like they bleed a lot from their gut. So you can't take warfarin, you can't take Eliquis. What you can do is go into the cath lab and they put this little cage in your atrial appendage. It eventually closes off the atrial appendage so you can't form a clot. Yeah, I've got about six patients on it. It's wonderful. Now, they won't give it to you unless you meet criteria. And what are the criteria? That you can't take long-term a anticoagulant. They'll make you take it for two or three months, and you may have to have a couple blood transfusions. But then you come off of it, yeah. and uh, it works fantastic. David, are you a candidate for that, and are they suggesting it? Uh the doctor said I was a candidate. Great. Right? As of right now, uh, I'm still on Eliquis. Okay. Have you bled or have you had a problem taking it? Uh, I did uh, initially, but uh, I found out that I had a stone that was causing bleeding. Okay. But uh, Guess what? Like- it could come back. <laughs> yeah, you can get another stone. If your doctor recommends it, I highly endorse it. Now, I don't know your medical history except you had a kidney stone and AFib, so there may be something else why they're not doing it yet. But if your doctor recommends it, it's great. It works, it prevents strokes, and you don't got to take an anticoagulant. Is this, is this your good advice? Yeah. I, I have had several more patients get the Watchman since we did this show. What, what is it? Is it an... Yeah, so it's a little cage. Yeah. Yeah. And they go through your leg. Yeah. They go across the, uh, from the right side of the heart to the left side. Sure. It's done under x ray guidance, ultrasound guidance. Right. They put it in the little nook and cranny called the atrial appendage. They open up the cage. They take out the catheter, which was attached to the cage. Right. And then after two months, it closes off that left atrium and. It prevents clots from forming there and greatly reduces your risk of stroke. Now, you can actually eliminate the atrial appendage with a suture if if you're having bypass surgery, if you're having your aortic valve replaced. They can actually just tie off this little atrial appendage. So if you're going to have that kind of surgery, ask your doctor to do it. It takes a a minute. But I tell you, taking anticoagulants, uh, oral anticoagulants you take by mouth, yeah. Xarelto, Eliquis, Pradaxa, Warfarin, 
They're wonderful. They do reduce your risk of stroke. But so many people have problems with it. Bleeding, yeah. bruising, or worse, falls. So if you have a tendency to fall, you can knock your head on the concrete and bleed into your brain. So the Watchman's been a fantastic advance, but again, it's not for everyone. And make sure you talk to your cardiologist about the pros and the cons and the ins and the outs. But if your cardiologist thinks you're a candidate and would benefit from it, highly still and right. always will endorse it. Well, let me just tell you, we've reached the end of another show. Well, I just, Dave, I want to say this. <laughs> What's that? One of the greatest presents of my life in the last two years has been working with you. <laughs> That's I nice. haven't shouted out Dave enough. He's been through his own health problems. We've talked about him on the show. The guy's a riot. He's always smiling. <laughs> I've had his food at his house for Thanksgiving. Yes. His wife and kids no. are wonderful. No. You had food at my house and then at my daughter's house. You had two Thanksgiving meals yeah, on true. my family. But you've been to my house to watch <laughs> Notre Dame beat Clemson. So I'm one behind you. Right. I owe you one. But everybody else out there, have a Merry Christmas. And it, just love, love your neighbor, love your family. That's the best medicine we have. Thank you. This is Heart Health Radio. The mood is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The party's on, the feeling's here, that only comes to time of year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The choir of children sing their song. Dr. Weefald and I will take the day off. This is a rebroadcast of a Heart Health Radio from June. When you hear numbers, of course, don't call. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Heart Health Radio. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. 
joined by Dr. Franklin Weefald. Hello, sir. Hey. Good today's afternoon. Show, today's show, we're going to talk about myocarditis. Did I say it right? You did. Okay. You know, hey, you it, got it right. It's the heart inflammation that they're blaming on the vaccine. Right. We'll talk about a hay fever hack. You can clear your nose without medicine or sniffling. Well, you can help. To clear you can help. And I've tried it. All it right. works. Hillary Clinton warned us about the Wuhan lab. Are we shouting her out? No, shouting her down. <laughs> Whoa, okay. All right. All right. So so she warned us about the Wuhan lab, but yeah, you but, found a way to criticize her anyway. Well, 2009, yeah. um, she sent all these memos to people in the State Department saying, yeah. listen, there's a antivirus there's a antivirus there's a virus laboratory in Wuhan yeah. that is associated with the People's Republic of China military and yeah. we should be worried about them producing a bioweapon that would seriously affect billions of people across the world and they've dug That's this crazy up. talk yeah, I know crazy talk and the worst thing about it is <laughs> i mean she's the one who was chiming in calling all of us who considered initially that it had to have come, the, the COVID-19 had to have come from the lab, yeah. that we were racist. And, you know, the thing is, everybody should out there, out there should know that I don't know how I could be racist against Chinese people. I mean, I'm half Chinese. Right. So, Hillary, what, which half of me is racist? The upper half? The lower half, the right half, or the left half. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we Asian Americans, we Chinese Americans, are Americans. Right. And so we don't have any other greater right than, say, a white person or a black person or a Hispanic person to criticize the Chinese government. So when we are talking about the lab and its origins in this devastating plague, we're not criticizing Chinese people. Right. We're criticizing the People's Republic of China and their communist government. We, uh, we have a story that the Chinese Communist Party has nominated the Wuhan lab for its highest science prize. And they wanted, they wanted to get the Nobel Prize. <laughs> was, the Bat Lady. Is there a Nobel Prize for chutzpah? Chutzpah. Uh, it's not necessarily... <laughs> Chutzpah. It is called, um, you know, shaking the tree right. and seeing if what comes out is something that's not true. And, yeah. and, you know, trying to deflect the attention by just shouting out that we're the best and, uh -huh. and you can't criticize us. This doesn't fly. And it's just ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. So today on the radio program right now, we are awarding... The first ever Heart Health Radio No Clue Prize to the Wuhan Virology Lab. Absolutely. And to the Chinese Communist Party that run it. And it, I can't believe that they want them to win a Nobel Prize, although basically the Nobel Prize ain't what it used to be. It ain't. All right. It ain't. Also on the show, the Delta variant. You got a lot of people worried. And this myocarditis. Absolutely. And, and your phone calls. Absolutely. 919-860-9783. Outside the Raleigh area, make sure it's Saturday from noon to 2 that when you dial the show. 
919-860-9783. Talk to me about myocarditis. Is so, it is it something that has nothing to do with the disease or or the vaccine? I mean, do you treat it otherwise? Yeah, so so let's talk about the different vaccines and the different side effects first. So the J&J vaccine, the AstraZeneca vaccine, those are based on a different virus called an adenovirus that um, carries the spike protein. That's been associated with blood clots. They're not exactly sure why, right. um, but it can lead to blood clots in the legs that go to the lungs and also blood clots in the arteries. Again, about a one in a million chance, but definitely uh, an increased chance of getting it if you've had those two vaccines. Now, the mRNA vaccines were the ones that are mostly used, in fact, almost always used in this, in this country, Moderna and uh, Pfizer. And they work on a chemical called messenger RNA that codes for the spike protein. A little bit of a fat particle surrounds it. It gets in your cell. It hijacks the cell's machinery to make the spike protein. And then it gets out in your bloodstream and you make an immune response. Very effective. 96% effective. And that means 96 people who get out of 100 who get COVID will not have had the vaccine. Only four will have had the vaccine. Does that make sense? So when they talk about efficacy, right. out of 100 people who got COVID, no. 96 will have had not had the vaccine. Only four would have had the vaccine. That's okay. what efficacy means. All right. So these are now definitely, uh, before it was not clear, um, are associated with the development of myocarditis. Now, that risk is on the order of about one in a million. It's not a fatal illness. Uh, myocarditis can be a fatal illness when it happens you know, spontaneously. So right. you look at heart failure. People with very weak heart muscles, that's called heart failure from reduced ejection fraction. Your heart gets flabby. A lot of those are caused by naturally occurring myocarditis. So there mm. are viruses adenoviruses, even some people who get a coronavirus and people who've gotten COVID will get myocarditis. And we don't understand completely why, but it's an immune response and the muscles uh, of the heart become inflamed and they become weak. So what happens? We don't know why these messenger RNA viruses, Moderna and Pfizer, have a very rare side effect of myocarditis. It seems to occur in younger people who get the vaccine. So I saw something on Tucker the other night, um, Tucker Carlson tonight, that I thought was a very good discussion. And that is who should get the vaccine? And it's a risk benefit analysis. So if you look at anybody above the age of 50, it's clear that the side effects of all the vaccines, including the J&J and the AstraZeneca and the Moderna and the Pfizer, Mm -hmm. have such a low risk of side effects that the danger of having a serious health problem and death from COVID is way higher than the risk of something happening to you if you take the virus, I mean the vaccine. Now, young people, it's not clear, okay? The chance that an eight-year-old is going to die of COVID or get a very serious uh, complication of COVID is quite low. Right. So we've got to find out in those people who are young, is the vaccine worth the risk? So you get a one in a million chance of having myocarditis 
which at this point in time is treatable. It seems that anti-inflammatory medications and those people who've gotten myocarditis from the vaccine, they go, it, the myocarditis goes away. Right. So I don't know the answer. And if somebody were to ask me, I'm over 50, do you recommend that I get the vaccine? I would say 100% of Yes, yes, I would say you definitely should get it because the risk of COVID is higher than the risk, obviously, of getting the vaccine. I don't think we have the answer yet in young people because this myocarditis has definitely been shown to be a problem. So what we need to know is are the risks of the vaccine in young people less than the risk of COVID? And I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence. Now, I've recommended my daughter, who's mm-hmm. 17, to yeah. get it. Yeah. She has decided not to. Now, am I upset with my daughter? Heck no. Right. Am I upset with you know um, her friends who decided not to get it? No, because I think that it is a, a definite question now, right. uh, risk-benefit analysis. Now, I may get in trouble with the AMA. I may get in trouble with the medical board. I definitely think the vaccine is safe if i were 16 right i would get the vaccine yeah because i i don't see that i'm afraid of personally of the risk of myocarditis but there's so much negativity in facebook and in the social media about the vaccine for example dmx he's the rapper right yeah, yeah. he gets the i think it was either pfizer or moderna and two days later he drops dead of a heart attack that is not associated with the vaccine his death was a natural death yeah and so one thing on tucker i really was upset about he he was talking about why doesn't the government told us that 30 people who get the vaccine die every day well you know what 75 people should have died based on the number of people who die in this country every day so we were doing three million vaccines a day that's one one hundredth of the population yeah 7,500 people, 7,500 people die every day. So we should have seen 75 deaths in, by average on people who received the vaccine. We only saw 30. Does that mean the vaccine's protective? I don't think so. But the vaccine in older individuals is safe and effective and definitely worth it. Whether you should get your four-year-old, whether you should get your 10-year-old vaccinated, I would recommend it, but it's a personal decision because we don't know yet right. whether the risks of the vaccine in younger people is greater than the risk of COVID in them. In society at large, the more people we get vaccinated, it seems the better we are. Well, have you seen the statistics? Yeah, they've dropped off. They're the dropping train. down, and they yeah. continue to drop down despite the naysayers saying you know, oh, we still have to wear a mask, we, even if you're vaccinated, because you could still pass it on. Right. One of the things that you hear is the percentage of people who've been vaccinated in the country, right? Right. And they want to see 70, 80%. Yeah. Do you know what they're ignoring? What? The people who are naturally immune. So, right, right. I mean, the, the people who've already gotten already had COVID. It. Yeah, yeah. And so, what I, there's no study that shows. That if you've had COVID and you get the vaccine, you're at less risk of getting COVID again. Secondary COVID, we call breakthrough COVID, is extremely rare. If you've had COVID and you survived, you're naturally immune. And that's been shown. So if you look at 
the naturally immune ver- and combined with the immune people from the vaccine who've gotten the vaccine. Yes. We're at 85 to almost 90% of the population. So I'm very optimistic. Now, I've been wrong about COVID, and I will admit in the beginning I totally underestimated it because I didn't have all the facts. Mm-hmm. Number one fact was that it was transmissible by asymptomatic people. I'm not going to say for sure that we're out of the woods, but even with this Indian Delta variant, yeah. have you seen the numbers in India? Yes. They're, they're way down. Yeah. Oh, are they? Even in okay. the, with the fact that they don't have a high rate of vaccination. Okay. And if you get the vaccine and you get this Indian variant, mm-hmm. it's a mild disease. It's a mild illness. It's almost like a bad cold. Right. Very few people okay. who've had the vaccine who get the Delta have gone on to hospitalization and death. On today's show, we're going to take some breaks from COVID. We've got some weird stories. Oh, great weird stories. Stress can make your hair gray. It's true. <laughs> Which is They have now proved it. Okay. When, now, you now know, this it, raises the question, is my hair gray because of my children? Yeah, you can blame them. <laughs> Okay. I mean, you know. I've always done that. You know, what I really love sometimes is what? when urban legends yeah. and old wives' tales yeah. are proven true. Like, like you know, <laughs> uh, can you die of a heart attack from shock? Can you die of a broken heart? Everybody say, no, nah, it's cholesterol. It's a cl-. No, you can. And we'll talk about some of these other urban legends right. that are actually true. Mosquitoes, do they cause a, is there a risk of disease in North Carolina? Absolutely. Because of mosquitoes. Get rid of the mosquitoes. And a story that says don't eat cicadas if you are allergic to seafood, raising the question, who eats cicadas? You don't know. They have become a delicacy. Chocolate covered cicadas. That's not, we're not, no. I'm I've not got, doing I've that. got a jar of them right here. I'm not doing it. Come on. Telephone number 919-860-9783. Call us with your medical questions on Heart Health Radio. This is Heart Health Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Or just keep listening to the radio station. That's a great thing. Who are we shaming this time? You know, the American Medical Association for years and years and years <laughs> was hated by the left yeah. as a conservative organization. Okay. They came out against Medicare. So in 1964, 65, yeah. when they wanted to give um, health insurance to elderly above 65 years old, the AMA came out against it because they said it was socialized medicine. Yeah. They wanted... You know, you to de- reach into your pocket and pay. Yeah, it has become exactly the opposite. It is now a far left wing organization. Now, my sisters are far left wing, and I love them. So yeah. I'm not saying that far left wing people are horrible, but it's yeah. just amazing what's happened to the AMA. They are now in favor of taking out that box on a birth certificate that says male or female. You're just gonna. It's gonna be. Figure it out later. Uh, No, they don't even want you to figure it out ever. There is a movement (laughs) to say you're going to have a baby, okay, and it's going to be a them baby, a baby them, yeah, a baby they, sure, instead of a boy or a girl. And then you're going to let them grow up unisex, 
and if they, you know, they're three and they reach for a Tonka truck, you're going to say, no, no, you're too young, yeah. you know, and you put a doll and a Tonka truck in front of them. They're, they're not allowed to choose. They've got to take both. And then when they're four to eight years old, yeah. you say, what do you want to be? An XX or an XY? Yeah, yeah. That's and, you know, I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Now, I'm of the knowledge that sexual development, it's very complicated. Uh-huh. For one-tenth or one-one-hundredth percent of the population. For everybody else, you're either a male or a female. There are some psychological changes, and I'm not saying it's a disease, where biological males identify as female. That's fine. There are diseases where you're missing a testosterone receptor, Mm -hmm. and you have an XY chromosomal alignment and lots of testosterone, but you develop as a female. So yes, there are biological conditions that render sex identification um, unusual, and I don't mean negatively unusual, just yeah. different. But come on, boy or girl on the death cer- on the death certificate on, on the birth certificate. Birth certificate. And it's craziness. It's craziness. And the kid's naked already. I mean, you're yeah. born naked. You're right there. Yeah. You should be able to tell. Let, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Okay. What percentage of people in this country are LBGTQ or QT? Very Q-T-Q. small. Okay. If you ask the Gen Z popu- Gen Zs and you take a poll, you know what they say? What? 35%. Yeah. It's less than 1%. Now, we want everybody in this country to breathe easy and be who they are. Yeah. But let's yep. get real. You're yeah. born a male or a female. I've got Linda and Carrie. Linda, hello. How are you? I'm fine. And you do. How are you? Good. What's going on with you? Well, before you take a break from the COVID things, I do have a question about the vaccine. Sure. Um, I have been thinking about the people who are afraid, still afraid to take the shot. And I think it it comes down. uh, Unfortunately, my sister is one of them. Oh, yeah. But um, I I think I've been thinking about it. And I think that um, they keep referring to it as the... um, experimental vaccine and that is what i think is probably scaring people if they could just take that phrase off experimental it would maybe it maybe would work in in our favor maybe they would people wouldn't be quite as afraid i think you're absolutely right the the i get that a lot um experimental vaccine and it's not experimental they say well, then it's emergency approval only. And I blame the FDA for this because they should just give it total authority and approval. I agree with you 100%. Um, There's interesting, stick with us because in about five minutes, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about another reason that has come up um, that we're just sort of thinking about in terms of why people don't want to get it. Um, I think the number one reason, um, besides it being a quote-unquote experimental vaccine that's achieved only emergency approval, is that there's been so much negativity on the internet. And remember, who gave the biggest negativity? And people forget this. Back in the election, mm-hmm. some prominent Democratic people running for office said they, they would not get a vaccine that was developed by the Trump administration. Right. Well, guess right. what? All of them were. Every single one were developed in response to 
the program. What was it called? Uh, Operation Warp Speed. Warp Speed. And, you know, so there was negativity from the left uh, wing and negativity from the right wing because Mm -hmm. a lot of these anti-vaxxers are right wing. Um, And I think it's just a shame because I think that there are risks to the vaccines. There have always been risks for every vaccine. But the risk of the vaccine, at least for adults, is far less than the risk of COVID. And I, I congratulate you on picking up that that uh, concept yeah. because it's, I think you're absolutely right. Let's get the FDA to approve this formally. Right. Would there be, what would be the consequences if they just dropped that phrase? Well, they, apparently the law states that in order for something to be approved, the FDA has to go through certain steps. Now, this is why Fauci in the beginning, I remember, he said we won't have a vaccine for years. Right. Because the FDA has to do this and do that. Well, mm-hmm. Warp Speed said no. Okay? You get a certain amount of data and we're going to get it, uh, an emergency authorization. Well, they should also change the rules and speed up the process of getting a formal approval. Right. Right. I, I agree with I you. I agree. Well, you're I'm you're jump a smart in. lady. I'm going to jump in and say that if somebody sped up the approval process, people would say, well, you know, they only approved it because they sped up the approval okay. process. Yeah, Linda, you cannot yeah. convince some people of things that they've already right, decided let me, let, about. Let me talk about speeding up a process, yeah. okay? Um, build a house, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it normally takes, you know, six days to do the framing. Why? Because right. it's a union framing company, and they oh, yeah. got to put up two things and then sit and have a cup of coffee. They put up the framing in my house in a day. In a day. And that's the whole point. And it uh, didn't fall down. All right. Linda, thank you very much for the phone call. We've got Charles in Raleigh waiting, and we're going to talk to Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. This is the Heart Health Radio Network, where you get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation, and enjoy some pleasant conversation, too. We're usually pleasant. More or less, yeah. yes. We yeah. always I, have. I ever chewed you out on air? I don't no, think I have. Not on air. I told you to shut up, and I told you <laughs> when you were hounding me to get to the point. I said I'm getting there, but I've never, never been mean. I think I think that's the other way around. In terms of not getting to the point, I think you are the guy. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I like to be obloviate. You know? All right, Rose Hoban from North Carolina Health News, who always gets to the point. Hi. Hey, fellas, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing, how are Rose? You? Good. Rose, we're... I'm coming to you today from northern Orange County, where I'm picking blueberries. Wow, that's great. And you want to know something? We have talked on this show about how good blueberries are for, are for you. They are the Flavonoids best. and, mm-hmm. you know, the fiber content. In fact, mm-hmm. the no-no diet that we talk about in terms of sugar and flour, etc., it says berries. Are good. So mm-hmm. grapes have a lot of sugar, but the if it says berry, you know, it's mm-hmm. pretty good for you. All right, Rose, there is a fascinating article on North Carolina Health org, your website, about about the fact that over half the people who've decided not to get the vaccine 
for COVID may in fact be just fearful of needles. Needle averse is the term of art. Yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's funny. I think about uh, we, my pediatrician when I was a little girl. He was a family friend and he used to chase me around the office <laughs> like a ginormous syringe with a uh, spinal needle on it. And oh, my gosh. Know, a spinal needle is like three, four inches long. And, you know, he and my mother thought that was hilarious. Um, it's amazing <laughs> that I'm not needle averse, but uh, I have, I've experienced, I don't know about you, Dr. Weefold, but I know I've experienced it in my own practice. You have these people who are like, oh, I hate needles. Like, oh, you know, and like, yeah. And yeah. So that, that apparently that this is, this is an issue for some folks. I think a lot more folks than we understand. I and I sort of, you know, um, forgot about this uh, because right. I think it's a really important thing. And you know, um, there's a nasal flu vaccine, um, flu zone, mm-hmm. and the problem with that is I tried it. It really hurts in your nose, really more oh. than just getting a needle. But think about it. I mean, isn't the direct mechanism? of infection in COVID is through the nose. Yeah. yeah. So why don't they just, why didn't they make a nasal inhalation vaccine? You know, not. That's a really great question. I yeah. don't know. I, and, you know, let me, there are ways to, to get people to calm down about needles. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. You know, when shots really hurt, they hurt when you're tense, when your muscles are tense okay. and the needle goes, because this is called an intramuscular injection that gets it deep mm-hmm. into the body. When the mm-hmm. muscles are tense, it hurts. So you know what I do? I give testosterone injections all the time because of my old guys who want to feel young and I think it's great. You take their arm yeah. and you put it in their lap and you talk to them while you're shaking. The, I'm serious, shaking yeah. okay. the tricep. And it gets mm-hmm. it really, and then while you're shaking it, you jab the needle in. And mm-hmm. none of them hurt. Now, mm-hmm. this is very I've got guys, because uh, I'm near Seymour Johnson and I'm near Vietnam, who are military veterans. I had one guy who'd been shot in Iraq. Yes. And I whipped out a needle to take his blood. He went into a panic, a cold sweat. He agreed to let me do it. When I got the needle into his skin, he passed out. So there are these phobias that are very real. And it doesn't yeah. mean you're a bad person. It could have yeah. been, you know, I, I remember I got a tetanus shot once. Yeah. And my whole arm swelled up. And I was uh-huh. deathly afraid of needles until I got into med school. All right. Know? From the non-medical part of the program, this is Dave Alexander asking a silly question because I'm a diabetic. And there was a time when I would take traditional diabe- uh, traditional insulin from a vial. Yeah. And I would have mm-hmm. to run it into a, a, a syringe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the needle was still very small. Okay. Mm-hmm. Really thin and very small. Didn't hurt at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I now take insulin from a pen, a pen. which has mm-hmm. a really tiny thing. What is it about a vaccine that we have to have a bigger needle? It's called intramuscular, okay? Yeah. So you're mm-hmm. taking subcutaneous injections. Yeah. That means it's just mm-hmm. under the skin. Right. And mm-hmm. in you've got a very substantial level of fat there, so it's just put into the fat <laughs> oh, layer. Man. Oh, ouch. Yeah, <laughs> and it's absorbed. But to get something into the body uh-huh. – and to really get an immune response from it, it's got to go in the muscle. So IM or intramuscular right. versus sub-Q or subcutaneous. It should be SC, but it's sub-Q. There's usually, there's usually 
also an issue around like how large is the molecule and how it gets absorbed into your body too. That's right. I don't know that about COVID. Like you know, it, I mean, obviously they they say that it's a mRNA nanoparticle, you know, but how how large is that? You know, and there are some like. For example, when you're drawing blood, you need a large needle because if you use too small a needle, you can actually damage those uh, blood cells, the right. blood cells. A spurious so, potassium level because the red blood cells have burst and they put too much potassium into the, into the um, um, machine that measures it. So you're absolutely right. So we thought of a way, but it's not going to work. We need to get some way to get this thing into people that doesn't scare them. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Um, there are now oral agents for diabetes right. uh, that mm-hmm. used to be, in fact, you take one of you take Ozempic? Yes. Yeah. So that's a biological compound. Right. It's mm-hmm. a protein and it has to, well, before it had to be injected uh, subcutaneously. Right. Well, um, Nova Nordisk has made an oral version. And, oh, interesting. Yeah, and, and what you do is you take the pill on an empty stomach, and you take just a little bit of water, and it's formulated to cross that stomach barrier mm-hmm. without being broken down. See, that's mm-hmm. the problem with a protein, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Meat, uh-huh. you eat it, and it gets de- degraded. So ribelsus, R-Y-B-E-L-S-U-S, and I don't know if it's an oral form of an injected compound, and it's, it works, it's approved. Okay. And if you look in Clayton, $5 billion plant has oh, yeah. been built yeah. to produce ribelsis. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, that was a great article on your website. And you want to know something? What's that? It what? came up on my news feed. Oh, yeah. Oh. So you're getting uh, now uh, fed on the news feeds. Mine is called Flipboard. And oh, okay. it just found it, thought it was interesting, and put it on my news feed. Yeah. So it was fantastic. Oh, that's great to know. Yeah. I think Flipboard. it's interesting, too. Thank you, Rose. Thanks, fellas. We'll talk to you next week. Great. North Carolina News dot org. Thank you, Rose. This is Heart Health Radio, and we tease this. Don't eat cicadas if you are allergic to seafood. Doctor. Yeah. People eat Cicadas? Listen, I just got online. Here, I'm going to show you guys this. And yeah. Chocolate-covered cicadas uh, are available yes. uh, online. Um, where where did I get this here? Yeah, here we go. Uh, if you want it, you can get uh, chocolate-covered cicadas from yeah. Choquette. C-H-O-U-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Yes. Now, honestly, yeah. it's gross. Yes. But when you talk about nutrition yeah it's really nutritious really oh my gosh yes yes Uh, because there's protein okay so and also the 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 outside is called chitin c-h-i-t-i-n that's fiber Uh uh-huh and so they're really good for you but you know a lobster is not so far away genealogically (laughs) from a cicada So so cicadas with butter uh great yeah. Yeah, but don't eat a cicada sandwich with white bread. No, no. If you're gonna have a cicada, if oh, you're gonna sure. have a cicada yeah. sandwich, eat the cicada. Yeah. Throw away the bread. It's like what I say about. Oh yeah. It's uh, a sausage biscuit. Yeah. They, they say, Doc, can I have a sausage biscuit? I say, Sure. Get your sausage biscuit. Throw away the biscuit and eat the sausage. You know. Okay. There was something 
a few weeks ago that we were going to talk about on the show didn't have time for. Oh, what for. was that? The EU, the European Union, has approved for human consumption mealworms. Yeah. Little Same tiny thing. worms. Same thing. Very nutritious. Very nutritious. Bugs are nutritious. Why do you think that frogs are so healthy? I you didn't know? know that frogs were so healthy. They're, they live a long time, and they don't get diseases. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a frog in the ICU? No, never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. But here's the thing. There, there is a point where you, you just say, wait a minute, let's take a step back. Isn't there an animal that would eat mealworms that we could then eat later? Well, but that, that the skips answer. the direct connection. No. Now, let me tell you, mealworms are really high in protein. And I right. can imagine that yeah. if you got some dried mealworms and, and made them into a powder. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That it might be, I mean, you could call it something else. You could call it um, <laughs> Max Pro. <laughs> Max Protein. Right, right. But just don't tell them where it came from, you know? Or we would you have to? We could sell would that, it on Would that the be show. unethical? No, no, no. To say pure protein powder. Ethics is highly rated, highly overrated. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. We could powder some stuff like that and sell it on the show. No. Because then we would make some decent money off the no. program. I, I don't believe in, in hucksterism. Really? Okay? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, anybody want to buy a chocolate-covered cicada? Yeah, you're on Go your online own. yourself. Yeah, no, Don't no, call. No. Don't it's call. Not us. All right. Telephone number is 919-860-9783. Always call between noon and 2 on a Saturday, regardless of when it is that you're hearing this radio program. Noon and 2 on Saturday is when we produce this in the Raleigh area. 919-860-9783. Mosquitoes, do we run a risk? In North Carolina, from a mosquito bite or from many mosquito bites. Yeah, I think that mosquitoes um, are really, uh, you talk about pests. Yeah. Um, they are really bad. Um, you know, if you want to look at mosquito-borne illnesses, dengue fever. Yeah. Uh, your horses can get western and eastern equine encephalitis. Right. Malaria. Um, St. Louis encephalitis, and my future son-in-law Andrew Broderick is Brodnick is from St. Louis, and so yeah. I'm going to tell him. And then West Nile. I mean, these are things you've all heard about. And the mosquitoes breed in standing water. Okay, so right. if you want to be safer, and again, these are relatively rare illnesses, but they happen. You want to be safer. Have no standing water in your backyard. Mm -hmm. Zero. Keep your backyard dry. Don't have ponds in your backyard because they're going to breed. Um, the other thing is you can get rid of mosquitoes. Um, there is There are companies right. that will come in and rid you of mosquitoes. And if you're afraid of pesticides, they can do it naturally. Right. But mosquitoes are attracted to us by carbon dioxide. So there are many propane-powered uh, devices that produce a a stream of carbon dioxide up into the air. Yeah. It attracts the mosquitoes and then they fall into a trap and are burned to death or dry out to death. I highly recommend those. Uh, not because mis just because mosquitoes are pests. I mean, they bite you and you get swollen and you have to swat them away, but because they can 
honestly um, cause illness uh, right. through the transmission of these viruses. Our flagship station, WPTF, is giving away a mosquito-free summer. You can go to WPTF.com for more information. Keith and Christy Brown have been on our other radio show on Saturday afternoon, which is uh, Making Your Home Great. And that program, we've had them on the air to talk about Mosquito Shield and Mosquito Shield of Wake County and WPTF giving away a mosquito-free summer. This is not just one application, but several over the summer. Sure. And all you have to do is go to WPTF.com and sign up. I'm signing up right now on my computer. I am doing it right now. I'm not sure you can win. I think that would be unethical. Well, come on. Again. I'll tell you what. If I win, I'm going to give it away. That's a great idea. Give it to me. No. Give it to me. No. Because uh, the whole idea of getting rid of mosquitoes is fine. They have natural configurations. In mm-hmm. other words, they're not they're not spraying DDT on your lawn. The primary component of what they spray is garlic. Come on. Yes, garlic. Wait, 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 wait. I thought it, garlic you hung it around your neck for vampires. It doesn't it doesn't smell for very long, about an hour, maybe two. I like the smell of garlic. You do, okay. Yeah. Right. So what you can do. Yeah. Okay. You get this treatment. Yeah. And then instead of having, you know, steaks <laughs> on the grill, okay. Right. You bring out your spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you eat spaghetti outside, you smell the garlic. You Sounds don't have good. to put garlic in the spaghetti because you're smelling it. We'll talk to Sandra and Betty next on Heart Health Radio. This is a rebroadcast of a Heart Health Radio from June. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Heart Health Radio. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down, throw my hands up and down, throw my hands. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Dr. Weefold, we're shouting out Belinda O'Neill. Yeah, Belinda's a frequent flyer, frequent caller on the show, and, yeah. and Belinda's given me permission to talk. She's had um, multiple procedures on her heart and had been doing very well for a long time. She's mm-hmm. got some orthopedic problems. Well, she was having some chest discomfort. It wasn't severe. So we did a stress test. It was very mildly positive. And so mm-hmm. we treated her first with medications, which is the recommended and I believe the way to go. And her symptoms resolved and she did very well. So I was going to bring her back in two weeks and yeah. make sure Now she's on three different blood thinners. Okay. So she really, yes, because she had atrial fibrillation plus she's had stents. So you're at a risk for bleeding if you're on aspirin and Plavix and Eliquis. Yeah. But you need them all. In certain individuals, they need them all. Well, she was supposed to come see me. Right. And what did she do? I don't know. She rescheduled. Oh. And she was having chest discomfort, but guess what she did? What? She went to a wrestling match. <laughs> Not it's- wrestling. Wrestling, because <laughs> her, I think it was a relative who was going to be wrestling. Oh, sure. Well, the yeah. next day she winds up in the hospital uh, with a heart attack. Um, the artery in question that we had found on the stress test, which we were treating medically, mm-hmm. clotted off. Now, how do you clot when I, you're on three different blood thinners? And the answer is you can, because there are so many different pathways to clotting. 
Um, the one thing we haven't covered is something called homocysteine. And if you have a high homocysteine level, that's a, a amino acid. If it circulates in your bloodstream, it promotes clot. Uh-huh. Easy thing to treat it with, folic acid. So yeah. we added folic acid. We're going to see what happened. But they took great care of her. A guy named Matt Hook, who's my yeah. former partner, Yeah, who uh, she went in the ER and they jumped on her. Brought her into the cath lab. <laughs> they didn't jump on well, her. Well, yeah, they did. They literally did. They literally they, they paid grabbed her close by the attention. legs and they wheeled her in. All right. And opened up the artery. So yeah. kudos not only to Belinda for being a wonderful human being and a, a great example of how heart patients can have trouble and just keep on going, take yeah. a licking and keep on ticking. Yeah. But also Matt Wolf. I mean Matt Hook. He did a great job. I have a friend named Matt Wolf. Yeah, um, I wish you know. You know. Uh, here's the thing. I wish we could talk to Belinda. Today she's listening. Belinda, hi, hi, how are you? I'm on. There you are. <laughs> how you feeling, Belinda? Well, I am really, really, really sore. My yeah. chest feels like. Well, I guess you could say everybody says a Big Mac truck sitting on it. Yeah. Well, it got off of it and it left it bruised. Uh oh. <laughs> You have uh, you have that indentation of the uh, of the what's it the the bulldog on the front of a Mack truck. Oh my! You know gosh. when it hits you, it yeah. left a it left a mark. But you're going to be okay. Yeah. We just listen. If there's a wrestling match again, yes, and you're having chest discomfort, yep, just come see us. Well, it was my nephew, and he was from Wilmington, and this was his first year in wrestling. Wow. Yeah. Then they had to wrestle your oh, heart. No, wait a minute, <laughs> Belinda. But, when if he, I had a died, you could have said Belinda died happy. Oh, my no. gosh. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Belinda, the one thing I want to say is that when Dr. Weefault said you were going to a wrestling match, I thought of professional wrestling. No, this it, it was a real wrestling. Yeah, okay. it was. Um, what it was was my nephew lives in Wilmington. Yeah. He was the first year in He's a, he was a junior this year, going into his senior year. Yeah. And it was his first year wrestling, and he made the regionals. Right. And they just happened to have the 4A or whatever, and it was in Nightdale at Nightdale High School. Wow. So and this was where they had, the, they had the helmets on and the tights on, and they had a referee. No. Yeah. 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 It wasn't, you know, Bubba versus the Mass Marble. Okay. It wasn't, yeah. Nobody had a cape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Belinda, I've got to run because we've got a couple of people who've been waiting, but I'm so glad you're doing better. And I am so thankful to have such a good cardiologist and I am uh, in Dr. Wayfile and doctor. And also, I've got to give a big shout out to Justin Medical this time. Yeah. They were terrific. They did terrific. a great job. They All really right, Belinda. Did. Thank you. All right. Love you, Dr. Wayfile. Oh, we love you too. All right. Bye-bye. bye-bye. Sandra in Durham, I'm so glad you waited. How can we help you? Well, I know Dr. Weefald is always talking about perplexing things that he's not quite sure how to solve, so I yes. have a mystery for him. Yes. In January of 2020, my B12 level was 190, which is within normal limits, and then I was also diagnosed with malignant melanoma that had metastasized in lymph nodes, and I went on Keytruda treatments, and in January of 2021, my B12 level, not taking any supplements, was over 4,000 which is not in normal limits, and now it's over 5,000. Can you tell me what's going on? Is it because of Keytruda? I'm no longer on treatment because I don't show evidence of disease now, thank goodness. So wow. any ideas? 
Well, I really don't. I've never heard of that before. Um, What have they done to investigate it? What's your doctor worried about? Well, they're not. They wonder if maybe my liver is not breaking down the B12, and they've got me scheduled to see a liver specialist. But I was just curious. I mean, I'm not having pain or anything. It's not like I'm, you know, uncomfortable or whatever. And the PET scan that I had a couple weeks ago still shows no evidence of these disease from the cancer or um, any other things going on. But I was curious if you had a clue. Well, um, the things that come to my mind are what you mentioned, liver disease. Um, sometimes if your kidneys are bad, um, the, the kidneys excrete uh, the B12. Um, okay. There is a uh, genetic defect, uh, the transcobalamin, which is a protein. But if it was low before, you shouldn't have developed suddenly transcobalamin. Um, leukemia, multiple myeloma, um, sometimes rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Let me ask you something. Do you have a, do you have a pretty straightforward diet or do you eat like all sorts of meat? Like constantly, that's the only other thing I can think of. But the only meat we eat is is chicken. Um, I don't eat any red meat. Very rarely do I eat red meat. Yeah, it just doesn't. I don't. Um, I mean, it just doesn't set well with me. Um, like I said, the Keytruda caused me to develop a temporary uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. Um, they were never able to determine it was because of the Keytruda, which it is a side effect of Keytruda, mm-hmm. because once I went off of the treatments in January, I've had no problems with my joints. Um, before so, I had a rheumatologist yeah. who said, well, I don't know for sure if it's because of the Keytruda. It could be, but it could also be just your age, because I'm 67. So, um, But since then, I've been able, you know, it's, it's basically no pain at all. So, um, But it only it kicked in when I started the treatment. Yeah. But fortunately, yeah. I only had to have 14 treatments, and it was able to get rid of the metastases. Does That's Sandra, fantastic. Does Sandra face health issues because of extraordinarily high B12? Uh, that's one of the situations where I don't know. I mean, okay. I give B12 supplementation all the time, and sometimes the levels get up to 1,500. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, you, are, you are a per- perplexing patient but they've definitely ruled out you don't have an associated uh blood cancer or anything like that my blood work has been perfect in fact that's what's been so frustrating for me is because i felt fine um all through treatment the only thing what triggered me even seeing the doctors i thought i was having an appendix attack and what it was was the lymph glands in the area of my appendix um were what had metastasized Wow. And and so that's what started this journey. Sandra, I want you to continue listening to this radio program today and forever, and he's going to investigate, and we're going to figure it well, out. I mean, you know, one of the things that, you know, is like, when I don't know, I don't know. So right. I'm going to look into this. This is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.